Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and I am blessed and lucky to have a newfound friend uh, who I've met recently and uh, have just been a joy to get to know. Uh, he is a community hero. He is the founder of On the Blue Line LLC. He's also a podcast host. His podcast is called On the Blue Line Podcast. You can find that on social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, I believe. Uh, also check out his website, onthebluelineline.com. Uh, my buddy, Wayne. Wayne, how are you, bud? I'm doing great, Adam. How the heck are you doing I'm, today? I'm, oh, man, I'm fantastic. I'm fa- I'm I'm living the uh, Corona dream, you know. <laughs> Aren't we all? We're trying at I'm least. I'm getting fat and happy, baby. So it's <laughs> it's. Uh, you know, I was thinking about that today, though. Everyone else is talking about quarantine, but for those of us that are in these type jobs, yeah, my life really hasn't changed much. Right. I'm either at work or I'm at home doing this. Right. Everybody's like, so what's it been like for you? Well, uh. Instead of getting up at 4.30 to go to the gym, I get up at 6, make a cup of coffee, shower, put something quasi-nice on that, oh, we'll just say something clean, and then I go sit at my desk for 12, 13 hours. Yep. So nothing's really changed. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the reality of those of us in these type of businesses. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, Uh to talk to the listeners here, the decision hour. So why don't you, let's jump into it. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously, uh, Wayne Mulder, I currently work in law enforcement yeah. uh, in the central Florida area. Okay. So I'm blessed to have been doing that for about eight years. I always start that story with kind of how I ended up in law enforcement. All right. Because my story's a little different than other people's, you know, it's just a little bit different of these guys that went into the service or they went into law enforcement at 18, 19, 20 years old, and they did their 20, 30 years. For me, straight out of high school, I started putting plants in the ground green side up. That was pretty much the extent of my abilities. Right. And uh, I used to say, uh, not very bright, able to lift heavy objects is what I'd put on <laughs> for any place that I worked at. But no, seriously, I went into landscaping and I ran a uh, landscaping company for years. So that is actually what I did. So go into in my early 30s is when I started looking at we'd come through the housing crisis, we had come through things that were affecting my landscape company. And so it got me thinking of a different path. And the funny thing is, I wasn't one of these people that had that thought of one day I'm going to be a cop. This is what I want to do. It's my dream. Nothing wrong with that. Right. And if that's your background, right? absolutely. But that wasn't my story. My story was one of, what do I think would be something that I could do? And my brother had recently started working in detention in another state. And I was like, well, let me start looking at this law enforcement thing. So when I first started looking at it, the first thing I looked at was possibly going into fish and wildlife. Because I figured that was a much closer segue yeah. to what yeah. I'd been doing in the landscaping business. Yeah. So as I started going down that path, of course, mind you, state governments and stuff, there was a lot of issues with money. Right. So while they were waiting for the two-year process that application took, I put myself through a local academy. And it's funny because as I sat through the academy and I got to meet a lot of the local guys and a lot of the guys that were on the force here, I started realizing that true law enforcement, which is like hours of boredom with moments of terrifying (laughs) excitement, that was something that was right down my what I love. What does it take to be a good cop? Well, you have to be able to write you, because it's all about the reports and so forth. So that 
is what really started getting me thinking about it. So eight years ago, that's what I did. And now I'm fortunate to work in local law enforcement here. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. I love, I love, <laughs> I love that story. I never could be a cop. I, and I, there was a time in my younger uh, days where, where I was, the place I was living at at the time, they were trying to recruit. And I had a bunch of buddies I used to work out with them because uh, I was on a drug task force at the time. And, and they were like, why don't you come work at the PD? When you? I was like, listen, I was like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, no, there's too many people that run. And, and and this was the this was the day just to, I'm dating myself here, folks. This was a day before tasers were issued or, or before they even had tasers. So I was like, I'll shoot a guy in the ass. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm not. They're like, yeah, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, they I kind of frown a, on that I, a little bit. Adam, I can't be a cop. Can't be a cop. That was <laughs> that. And I hate right. I can't. I can't write. I. It, you try reading my stuff. It's like, you know explanation mark shoe it's like trying to read some hieroglyphics or something like that and the judge would just look at it like what the are you trying to say here man so yeah that's and that's one of those things very few people think about because especially it's getting a little different now in the world of cameras right but it used to be if it's not there was this understood montage that if it's not in the report it didn't happen right and you have to be able to articulate whatever it is so right. a lot of people don't realize that um when they come into the law enforcement career, that one of the primary things you're going to be doing is writing about that crazy right. case you just had. And writing a lot, being very detailed in it, uh, yes. I would assume. Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the struggles that you see a lot of newer deputies have is that ability to really articulate what occurred. And like you said, the detail, but then to be able to articulate it within the confines of the law. Right. Because yeah. you just don't want, you're not writing a story, yeah. you know, yeah. it was a bright and Dude sunny took day. Off, I tackled him, put him in the back of the car. Exactly. What happened? There's so much that's missing right there. <laughs> yeah. Arrested. What? Same. Yeah. What no, happened? that's. You may have been able to get away with that in 1980, but this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Not. That's a big, big no, no. All right. So I got, I got to ask. Absolutely. Craziest thing you've seen. Well, again, been doing this a little over eight years, seen a lot of crazy things. Um, the craziest things usually come with some sort of drug-induced hysteria, usually something to While do with talking offline. Okay. And uh, very similar to those type cases, because what happens is as the body temperature goes up from right. whatever the narcotic or the drug is, right. they tend to then start removing clothes. So <laughs> those two always come hand in hand. When you see the call screen, now it's a party. It says, <laughs> now it's a party. Exactly. When is when you see the call screen and it says a naked person is running around, ringing doorbells, standing in the middle of the road, whatever the case may be, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to have what they call excited delirium, which is humorous in one hand, which I'm going to tell you the story here in a moment, but it's humorous in one hand. But then they're also some of the most dangerous calls that we go to from the well, standpoint yeah. of the subject. Right. Because the heart can only handle so much of this excited delirium. And then when you get into confining them and different things that come in, taser, we talked about tasers, right. using those kind of things can also lead to death if fire rescue or whatever, you know, if this person is still in that excited state. So they're also some of the more, um, you get into issues with like positional asphyxiation where they can die in the back of your car if you put them in handcuffs and they're laying on their chest and you're not careful. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play when you wow. have someone. You didn't even think about that. You just think of like somebody 
you're like, I got to go arrest somebody that's running around buck naked right now. Yes. Like, and it, I've had several yeah. of them. They're all similarly <laughs> hilarious. But this year, probably the one that took the cake was about a year and a half ago. And we'd got a call of a guy. And we'd been getting that night. There had to have been something bad that was sold in the area to multiple people. Because this was the third naked person that we dealt with that evening. Oh, wow. Um, squad in our little area. So we this was the third one it was nearing the end of night and we'd got multiple calls of this guy running around naked uh going to different houses ringing doorbells running between yards and we'd been kind of playing cat and mouse with him for a while because we would have an idea where he was but we would go what they call bolo be on the lookout in the area and we'd drive around look for him and of course he'd be gone finally we get him down to where he actually lives and one of my guys is driving by and sees him so he takes off after him and he ends up chasing him into his own house that's when i show up so now we have this male and he's an older male and he's got not a stitch of clothes on and ends up inside the residence and he mind you again it's an officer safety thing because he is he knows his house we don't know his house so we get into this uh, residence he runs into the garage and the next thing you know and this is the humorous part pets and I just want to say for anyone listening to this, no pets were harmed okay. in this event. <laughs> it's good disclosure. However, all of a sudden, cats and dogs are literally being thrown at us. And what? we're catching cats and dogs that the naked man in the closet is throwing at us. Um, so that was probably one of the more humorous things that we've had to deal with. Fortunately, we were able to get him out. We were able to contain him. And he was just fine once Fire Rescue got involved. But Wow. That... <laughs> I I have to say this because I, I got family that's in law enforcement and whatnot. First off, thank you for being a community hero. Uh, as, as you know, here at, at Heroes Media Group, we are, are big with community heroes, law enforcement, first responders, uh, and, and so forth. And and I think, and especially in today's era, maybe this is something you could talk about a little bit too, is <clears throat> I really feel that the law enforcement community is – uh, underappreciated. The last couple of years, you've seen a lot of uh, negativity in the press and and stuff like that with law enforcement, and and everybody wants to blow that out of the water. But but you guys are the first ones they call when something bad is about to go down and they need help. And it's like, wait a minute, you were just talking trash about us a couple minutes ago. Now all of a sudden you want us to help. It's like. I look at it like this. It's it's like any business, right? I mean, you you were a business owner prior to your law enforcement career. Um, whether you work in corporate America or whether you anything, you're always to get. There's always going to be one bad seed somewhere in in the group. It it's just it's inevitable, Absolutely. right? <clears throat> and that's the same with with everything else. But what you don't do is focus on that bad seed. You because that one bad seed does one bad thing and all of a sudden it affects the entire bushel when, when I think personally and this maybe it's just a people's mindset, having the mindset of once you focus on all the positive things that people do. And I that's one thing that we stress. I know you and I have talked about this offline as well Is like, we want the positive stories of what, what's going on out there in, in the community. Because quite frankly, I think the, the positive stories that you would find out in the community far outweigh the negativity that that's being shown. Would you agree? I would agree. And I think, 
there's a lot that you're saying there and you're absolutely right let me when you talk about the issue with law enforcement nationwide one thing and i bring it up on my show a lot and a lot of my listeners which we'll get into a lot of my listeners are in law enforcement so they kind of understand it but for those out there that aren't in law enforcement and maybe don't understand right Law enforcement has tons of different jurisdictions, different types of agencies across the United States. So someone's experience in a large city in, say, California is going to be much different than someone's experience in a small town like Sheridan, Wyoming. They're just going to be completely different who they're dealing with, how they view law enforcement and how their community deals with them. So to that end, I've been very fortunate. I work in a state that's very pro-law enforcement. I work in a county that's very pro-law enforcement. And I work for a sheriff that is loved by the community. And so our community is very supportive of us. Um, I Honestly, it, it happens so often that maybe sometimes we're not even grateful enough for how wonderful our community is, where I'll just be out and about and get someone stopping and say, Hey, I want to thank you for your service. Hey, I want to thank you for what you're doing. That's so cool. I'm very, very fortunate to work in an area yeah. that I have a community that is very positive towards what we do out there each and every day. Nice. No. Not every law enforcement officer has that benefit. Sadly, right. there are parts of this country and you see it on the news. Yeah. I see it on the news, but like you said, there is that quote unquote, bad seed, there is that small percentage of people that are going to do bad things, no matter what career it is, right? We've had people work for us that have done things that were illegal and moral on, you know, there's no justification for that, right? So what happens, they're no longer cops. Right. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah, they, they made a bad decision. And they're no longer working for us. Right. And that's okay. Like, that's what we need to do. And that's what law enforcement does. And that's what people don't understand is they see this one person in the media. Now, sadly, contrast that with what you're saying. There's also a push, it seems like, from media to really want to talk about the negative, to talk about the one that made this mistake rather than, like you said, the 98, 99 percentile that are doing the good things out there each and every day. Yeah. You know, you, I want I want to change uh, I want to change it up just a little bit here. Okay, um, you got into law enforcement after having your own business, and now you also founded uh, on the Blue Line LLC. Why don't you tell and and with that started a, a podcast called On the Blue Line Podcast. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Absolutely, Adam. Well. It's really in line with exactly what we were just talking about. So there were two things I saw. Being that I came into law enforcement a little bit later in life, I feel like I have a little bit different perspective than some. Not not all, but some in the way that I see the job and in the way that I uh, work through that each and every day. When I came into this job, you, you have people in law enforcement that have seen things that most people shouldn't have to see. Right. Right. I mean, anytime somebody passes away in our county, unless they die under hospice care or in a hospital, law enforcement has to go out there. So the number of deaths that you're going to see in your law enforcement career far surpass any other civilian, hopefully and thankfully, we'll see within their lifetime, unless, of course, they're in the medical field. Right. So or obviously in the military or something like that. But unless they are in one of the groups that deal with these type of things, you're seeing things that most people don't see. So when I came into law enforcement, um, coming from running my own business, I had a different perspective. And in some ways, I want to say that I was pretty positive. I was very optimistic, like a lot of officers are, and to what I could do 
in using this as a mission. I kind of saw law enforcement as a mission in a way that I could help other people. Okay. So that's why I came into this job. It doesn't take long. <laughs> Once you come into this career, <laughs> that somebody who is either going to be a field training officer, they're going to be a sergeant, they're going to be a lieutenant, and they are not going to have that perspective because they've been in this career three to five years and they have gotten very cynical, maybe more, and they are that quintessential salty sergeant. And they are going to be like, I don't know what world you, you live in, but give it five years, give it 10 years, and you are not going to see the world that way. And they, that's what they tell you. I had FTOs tell me that. They said, you are not going to be this optimistic in five years and 10 years. And you know what? They are partially correct. There is a certain amount of cynicism right. that does come on from what we see. But like everything, you also have a choice. Right? right. You have a yeah. choice to give into the cynicism right. or you have a choice to change your perspective. And that is where this podcast idea came from. So I was in about the uh, I was in the seven year mark when I started it. So we've been going since March 17th of 2019. Nice. And I started on the blue line for that reason. And it was really to empower cops in their personal lives. I wanted them to understand. So we're a little bit different. There's some other podcasts out there that are primarily for law enforcement. Right. And they are the funniest shows you will probably ever listen to. And I love them. They are absolutely hilarious. I'm not that funny of a guy. I'm not a comedian. <laughs> That's not what I'm out here trying to do. But what I am trying to do is to give people actionable ideas that's going to make a difference in their personal lives. And that I see as my current mission, because as I started getting towards the eight year mark, I started to see that change in myself. Mm -hmm. And I've stated this before, oftentimes, because I am at my heart a writer. I love to write. That's, that's what I do. And writers, as other creatives, typically have a tendency to see the world from a displaced view. Right. This is going to sound crazy, but no. they kind of see the world as though they are stepped back and watching it. Right. And because of that, I started to really observe the changes in myself. And I said, this is what I need to deal with, because I know what I need to do as far as changing my perspective, as far as not giving into cynicism and what I can do for other law enforcement officers that are nearing that five to eight year mark. Plus, what can we do for new officers coming into this career? Because one of the other things I did, well, I did before the world fall apart and the apocalypse started. Um, before all that, what I did is I taught at the academy. And so I got to see also these new deputies coming in and they still have that optimism. They still want to make a difference in the world. Right. So why does our training, why do our agencies, why do our FTOs, field training officers, why do they take that away from these guys? We can teach them and train them to be good cops and remain optimistic. Right. It can happen. And that was the role of what I wanted to do with On the Blue Line. So changing their mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what it's about. I love that. That is absolutely awesome. And folks, if you're listening to the show right now, it means you're already, you're already online. Open up another browser and go to onthebluelineline.com. Wayne has got some great shows uh, that we're going to talk about here, a little more detail here in a second. But you're also, you mentioned you were a writer and you got some blogs and stuff on there, some pieces on your website as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that is correct. Um, I have a so, few different so pieces on there. Make sure you check it out. That's on the blue line .com. How often are you do? I want to talk about your podcast. How often are you doing shows? Are you doing shows once a week? Are you like how often do you put content out? I do. So we have a couple different shows, and they have a couple different missions. Okay. So 
for different people who are listening to them. So we have the, they're all under on the blue line podcast. Okay. So whether you're listening on iTunes or Google or the million different ways that you can right. listen to podcasts <laughs> these days um, on any of them, it's all under the, on the blue line podcast, but okay. under on the blue line podcast, you'll notice that there's different names and capital letters. So one of those is called Monday morning roll call. Monday morning roll call surprisingly comes out on Monday, Monday morning, morning and it releases every Monday at 5 a.m. The purpose of Monday morning Whoa, roll call. Oh, back up. What time does that really? It releases at 5 a.m. Nobody's <laughs> awake at 5 a.m., but it's consistent. And then the, everyone knows when you're getting up, you're on your way into work on Monday. Boom, you got it. Love it. Absolutely. Nice. And if you work 12-hour shifts, you may be doing 5A to 5P. So right. those first four or five hours that we all know day shift doesn't do any. Sorry, day shift people. But uh, those... <laughs> Sorry, just have to be brutally honest here. No, it's just <laughs> depending on where you work, your first four to five hours, you may have time to listen to podcasts at your station. <laughs> now, God bless you, because Lord knows that at the end of your shift, all hell has broken loose. Right. So I kind of prefer it the other way around. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Every Monday, Monday morning roll call. The idea of that is 10 to 15 minutes to give you something actionable for the week ahead. So those are going to be kind of teachy. Okay. I'm going to go over something like this week. I talked about uh, fear through the lens of Easter. So we did talk about that. Everything that I talk about is focused on one of the key areas of either spiritual, physical, emotional, or mental, because you are not just a cop. You are just like, you're not just a business owner. You're right. not just a, um, you just weren't a, in the military. You, are a total person. Right. So because of that, there's different parts of what makes us a total health. And that's what it's about. Cause we get into a lot of on the mental health side, which is something I'll get to in a minute, but there's a big push towards mental health. Mm -hmm. My push is towards what I'm calling total health, because if we just focus on the mental, then you end up out of balance. But if you focus oh, on the mental point, and the man. emotional and the spiritual yeah. and the physical, then the balance is there. And you're the person that you were called to be. And you're going to be able to step into the mission, into your calling, into the difference that you're supposed to make in the world. Are there things that you do for yourself? Is there like an example that you can give the listeners right now, like whether it's a breathing exercise or or, or yoga or, or something? How do you stay balanced yourself? That is a great question. Because as you know, it's very difficult yeah. when you're working full time and you're trying to do something on this. So that is a good question. And it is exactly something that I had to start looking introspectively and say, what am, what can I do to make sure that I'm staying healthy? Because otherwise I can't support this mission. Right. So one of the things that I struggle with, because I work nights and working nights you can make tons of excuses when it comes to why you can't keep up on your physical health, why you can't keep up on trying to eat right, why you can't keep up with a lot of this. So that was one of my big battles from the get-go. Okay. Um, so in the physical realm, that's something I've become very intentional about. In fact, uh, we were just talking about the limited sleep I had last <laughs> night. and But before this show, I got out and I did a three-mile walk today. Now, granted, I'm not out there killing it. It wasn't you know, I wasn't out there, no, but, you're, but you're moving, you're doing something. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, the physical has to be important. So then to your point, breathing exercise, so forth. I listen to, uh, there's a guy out there, John Eldridge. Yeah. He's with ransom heart. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a book wild at heart. Excellent book. Love what John does. They also have an app out and that app is called the pause app. And it, it's really funny because the first time you do it, you can only listen to a minute because it locks you out from going any longer than that. 
And if you're not used to taking a moment and just being still, right. that first minute may kill you. Like you're gonna, <laughs> you may end up with heart palpitation. It's amazing what happens to somebody because they've never taken a moment to just breathe. And so that's something I started getting very intentional about. So now I'm up to the 10 minute one because it can go from a minute to three to five to 10. And so that's something I do on a pretty regular basis. I try to do it twice a day to just take a moment and breathe. So that's on that mental side. For me, writing, podcasting is a little bit of a release as well because it allows me to work through things that I'm seeing out there, work through things. So I talk a lot about journaling as being something we can do in that mental and emotional side. Right. So for me, part of what I'm doing as a side project is also allowing me there. So there's just a few examples of the different areas that I try to focus so it's on. Like, so you find writing and podcasting therapeutic? I do. Yes. Now, the number of hours that we put into these to <laughs> take something out, you and I both know there's a moment where it probably goes from therapy. We ain't got to, enough time on this show to go into how much how much <laughs> therapy we would need for that for, for, yes. for that one. But no, I think I think that's um, that's really good, and I and I like the fact that you bring that up because it's it's so important. I I think, and we're you know obviously the world that we are living in currently is, is we're in a very strange place in time. Right. And, and a lot of people are like, Oh, I, I can't believe that we're getting locked in our houses, our rights and this and that. And I'm looking at it like y'all thought that maybe just maybe whether, whether you believe in God or the universe or, or some fuck done, whatever it is that you believe in, maybe that's their way of saying, you guys just need to sit back and chill out for a little bit and just hit the restart button. I yeah. I look at this as like this this time I think quite frankly it's a scary time I'm I'm not taking that part of it away, but I do feel that this has been kind of a po- I'm looking at it from the positive side of it is like I think a lot of people we were living in a world that's just so fast and and yeah. I think it's time for us to kind of you know let's slow down a little bit and and just kind of take in what's important people are spending t- having dinner at the dinner table with their families who, who does that nowadays you know what I mean? right it's like it sounds crazy yeah, like, like who does that holy cow i cook dinner like you know uh it, you know it, i i look at this as like i think i honestly think that this has been a positive thing and we'll be it will it forced us to slow down and kind of think about what's important to us. It gives you time to reflect. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. I couldn't agree with you more, Adam. I think that's, and I I put out some stuff early on in all this, that there really is an opportunity. I mean, it's like anything. There's some things that are concerning that's happening on a broad scale. I get all that. And we could concentrate on that. You know, we could, and we could make that the focus. And we could be like everybody else or every other news organization is like, well, what about this? What about no one? I'll be honest with you. I don't give a shit. I said it. Yeah, as much. I I don't care. Those of you that have listened to me for the last years know that I'm just blunt. I don't give a shit. Start looking at the positive things on it because the more you think about what's good in your life right now and the fact that, well, this sucks. I'm stuck in my house and I can't do this. No one gives a shit. So we're all stuck in the house. Stop complaining about it. Like, be happy that you're in a house and you're not under a bridge somewhere or you're not in a tent out in the desert because you don't have a home or something like that. Like, Start thinking about, you know, like, well, the, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, we take things for granted. Yeah. And this is a perfect time to like, look, 
my God, toilet paper. If had I known that this would have been such an uproar about toilet, listen, I get it. I remember when I was in my deployment back in 2003, toilet paper was gold. I mean, you were literally paying five, ten bucks for a roll of toilet paper, and anytime you went somewhere, you were stuffing rolls of toilet paper in your bag because you didn't. Not every country uses toilet paper, people. You know, so right. Don't take little things for granted, and I really. I'm trying to be optimistic when I when I'm what I'm about to say when I say this is that I'm hoping that once every we come out of this as as a whole that the world starts being more positive because we've had to go through something like this. And I think there's those that will. I think there's those that won't, but I hope that like you said I think people are starting to see the advantages that our grandparents knew you know, for having the family together, yeah. for having, you know, just meeting at the dinner table and being intentional. I talk a lot about intentionality and just being intentional and spending time with family and in connecting here because we get so crazy and so frazzled and so, and then it's no yeah. doubt we deal with all these other issues. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So that was, you put out your, your Monday morning roll call and you said yes. you had some other ones. So let's talk about what's, what's after that. Okay. So every Thursday now, and it's been since day one, but we've gotten more consistent in about the last two months. Okay. Cause I do work full time in law enforcement for your listeners, just so they know. So that is my day job or really my night job. Uh, so that is, <laughs> that is what I do full time. So on Mondays, we put out Monday morning roll call on Thursdays, we put out something called the interview room and what the interview room is. That's about an hour long, give or take. And I sit down with different people from different walks of life. It's not just cops, and I'm intentional about that, which I know th throws some people off. They're like, oh, but it's called on the blue line. Why aren't you only talking to cops about cop stuff? Well, again, the whole point of what I'm trying to do is you're a whole person. You're more than just a cop. Right. So if I can pull something from a Green Beret or pull something from someone that owns a Christian website or pull something from somebody that has all these different perspectives and walks of life, guys that do a lot in the fitness industry and so forth, sit down with them. There's something actionable that we can talk about that's going to make a difference in somebody's life. So that's what we try to do. So I bring on different guests, different walks of life, and that releases every Thursday morning. That's awesome. And again, folks, if you're listening to the uh, to the show right now, that means you're already online. Go to onthebluelineline.com. You can hear his podcast. You can find all the links there. He's on every any, every, any place that you can listen to a podcast. Look for On the Blue Line. And you'll you'll find it. It's he's really puts out some great content. He does a great show, uh, both Monday and Thursdays. Um, Wayne, let me ask you this: because We're coming up on time. What's next for you? What, what's the next thing that you want to do? Well, my goal is to keep going down this road. So there was a segment that we used to do at the beginning of um, the Monday morning roll call, okay. which was a positive news story about something law enforcement was doing somewhere in the country. Okay. So it used to be part of Monday morning roll call. The issue that I was having is it was first of all, pushing Monday morning roll call out to the 30 minute mark. But then it was also, I felt like it was two different audiences. Monday morning roll call specifically is kind of aimed at cops. Mm -hmm. Positive police news is what I broke off of that. And positive oh, okay. police news is something that comes out on Fridays. And that one right now is only available in video because I am trying to segue into more video. Gotcha. And it comes out on our YouTube channel. And positive police news is going over a news story somewhere in the country that uh, 
some law enforcement officer is making a difference in somebody's life. That's what it's all about. That's so awesome. and the goal from there is just to keep going down that road. Like you and I've talked about, it is all about pushing a message of looking at reality, yep. fact-based, but a message of positivity to make a difference in this world. God bless you, man. I got one more question for you. You're on the show called The Decision Hour. Yes, sir. Uh, this is a question I ask all my guests. Uh, name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. What was it and what was the atmosphere like for you at the time? <laughs> That's a powerful question, yeah. man, in all honesty. <laughs> it, it's tough because it's like you, you think about it and it's like you, you really could say anything because you make decisions every day, right? I mean, right. and that's that's one of the reasons why I I do this show, um, was it, it's an educational type thing. I mean, it, it, I mean, I've had people tell me from uh, joining the military, getting out of the military, starting a business, getting divorced, getting married. You know what? I mean, whatever. I mean, it, and I've had some off the wall <laughs> answers, but that's the cool thing about about it too is that right sometimes you ask that question to people and they're just like, they think they have something ready to go and something else pops up and they go with that. And you're just like, wow. And that's, and that's, that's one of the, and that's why I think that's personally, that's why I love doing this particular show is just yeah. that question in itself. And that's why I always save it till the end. I love the question. I really do. Uh, it's like you said, there are so many different answers and I'm trying to think uh, your brain immediately goes to all the different arenas yeah. and all the different things, you know, cause right now I'm in a, uh, entry level line level supervisory position. So I think about all the decisions that we make on a daily basis <laughs> just in law enforcement, Right. but I'm not going to go into a lot of those. There's some big events and stuff that I could probably go into. I think to me, probably the biggest decision, which I kind of noted earlier in here was that change to go into law enforcement yeah because that really was a big decision uh in fact at the time i was still younger than 36 so i was debating on whether i should go into the military at 32 years old or whether or not i should go into uh law enforcement so i went through the asfab um was looking at the navy did uh which of course would give you guys a lot to give me a hard time about yeah. but i didn't go down that yeah. road <laughs> um, but no, I had some family in the Navy, loved what they were doing, loved what they did. He and is a so smart guy. Looking, no, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was looking at that and then I had to make decisions. I had a, a wife and a son and I really, it came down to that question, what is better for them at this stage of my life? Right. Um, and so the decision I made was going into law enforcement and I look back at it now and I don't know what the future is going to be for me. I don't know in all honesty in the state that I'm in, it's a 30 year retirement. So I would be 62 years old and I can't imagine doing what I'm doing now at 62. But I think that there may be other things that I may be called to do. And if so, I'm going to make those decisions when the time comes. So I look at law enforcement as going down the path that I was supposed to at that time. Right. And the looking back at it, I know it was the right decision because it changed who I was for the positive. I love it, man. That's such a great answer too. Great answer. That is, that, a good is question. So, that is so cool. I appreciate it. Wayne. Th listen, man, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you for being a community hero. Um, any parting words for our listeners? You know, we've touched on a lot of different things. I think for your listeners, there's so much negative rhetoric out there. 
each and every day. There's so much that wants to get your attention and it may not even be fact-based. Concentrate on what matters, concentrate on what you can make a difference for and just remain optimistic. You know, a lot of these things may take care of themselves, do what you actually have control over, but maintain that positive outlook on what tomorrow may bring. I love it. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam, for having me on. Folks, that's all the time that we have today. Uh, make sure you go check out onthebluelineline.com. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, at onthebluelineline. Um, you can also listen to the podcast on any podcast platform. You, you can find it out there, but check it out. And it's got a list of that on, on, on the website as well. Uh, you can also, before we let you go, we got to give a huge shout out to our parent company, Heroes Media Group, which you can also find his show on uh, as well. Go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.